Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Celtic Now and for our podcast. Join me this week on the podcast. Once again, it's Robert Boyle. My name is Ryan Crawford, and it's a new season. Uh, big hands, Robert. He's back in. Looking forward to get back into the new podcast season and obviously the new vibes with the manager. As we say, Robert Ange, uh, the vibes are, for me has been started very well. Um, how's things for yourself, mate? And obviously your vibes and Ange as, as we've just started. Hi, good, Ryan. Good to be back. Um, hopefully this season's a lot better than last season. Um, new manager and like what I've seen of him so far. Um, been quite impressed. From um, watching his training sessions on YouTube and stuff, and um, the one he was mic'd up, I thought he he was good at speaking to the players and telling the players exactly what he wanted. So about keeping the ball and two touch football and high pressing and high intensity, which I think Celtic have been lacking. For Brendan Rodgers left, um, I was impressed so far. Um, early days, we don't know yet. I would just like to see a couple more signings in sooner rather than later because I think we'll need to bed them in and we don't know where the quarantine stuff and things like that. Um, the qualifiers were about 15 days away, 14 days now. Um, I think we really need to hit the ground running here. Um, but so far impressive with what I've seen. As you say, um, it was mic'd up. I, I do want to speak about that because for me it was, it was actually quite good, uh, good content um, for Celtic for... <laughs> Since it's been since last season, probably it's been the best maybe response I've had for a while. And a lot of people were saying, obviously, you get trolls, Rangers fans, whatever, saying it's this and that. Or it's basic. Why are they getting their up arms about this? And I'm thinking, all these other top teams have done that and they get a massive response. So Celtic have done it. And for me, it shows you, maybe shows you what we didn't have last season. Even my old man says it. And I know people have been texting there again about it. And, could you really see Neil Lennon stalling in the middle of the park shouting a ball like that? For me, no. I, I just can't see that. Again, it could be wrong, but just the vibes I'm getting from him, I know he's he's not really coming to blue, but he's coming to blue to us, Celtic fan. Never heard a guy really before. He's come in with a smart attitude, basically. For me, he's not a yes man. I can just tell that. I hope he's hope he's not. I can just tell that he's going to be his own man. For me, he's got a status to put him. I know, he, I know he's quite a big guy, but it just, to me, it was a guy that was going to command respect. And just for the wee snippets I've seen, he seems like maybe the type of guy that players might run through a brick wall for him. Just the way he's talking. And I just think it's the type of commands. I know people say it's basic commands, but some managers don't sit in a training ground and only his hands-on is that. And I think if your manager's hands-on like that, I think sometimes the players might respect you because you know what you're talking about and you know just leave it to your coach and stuff. But see that the one thing I noticed from Ryan, he seemed to know all the players' names right away. Aye. Within mm. a week, and I thought, wow, that's I know that's his job and he should know that right away, but it'd be quite easy to forget some of like, when you see him in the Mike Tuck one, he knows even like the younger boys and he knew everybody's name. And even in the sessions he's shouting everybody's names and to me it just looked like he's totally hands on. It's his way. He's doing it his way. I didn't see Kennedy or Stratton in the clips, which I was pleased about because he just took a session. I spoke to a boy um, who's very good pals with a Celtic first-team player, which I only found out recently. And um, he spoke to me and I was talking about Celtic to him and he says to me, um, 
what happened is, is before they came in as Kennedy and um, Kennedy and Stratton had them pre-season just dogging runs, 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 runs and the player says to him it's his best mate it says um, when that Andrew came in he spoke to him all, gave him a detail about how he is as a manager what he expects what he expects his players to be like and he says we'll be running but the boys came out every session has a football with him and that's he, that was the difference that that player, the current Celtic player, noticed right away was it wasn't just about running. This guy wanted them on the ball. He wanted as many touches on the ball as he can and obviously get them comfortable with a ball, which I was, I thought, that's exactly the type of manager we want because you can run all day long, but if you're not going to touch your ball, then you're not going to bind as a team and play his system as quickly unless you're on the ball constantly. Well, as I says to you before, can I um, offline that we played football before and you know yourself pre-season it's, as a, it's always a hard task it's always first two or three weeks are always very hard but when you've got the ball at your feet it's this guy running and you don't really realise that you're getting fit and you're getting sharper but if you're just doing doggies all the time bleak tests and every session you get bored it and that's when players start throwing the, the, the house as I say the dummy out of the pram they start getting sick of it they get bored of it and so for me, if that's his intention right away, it shows you the mentality the guy he's come in. He's saying, no, I'm doing it my way. I'm putting my message across. So that's what I found for me with him getting mic'd up. If he's put his message across right away, it was, uh, like, it's, it's wee things like, if, you look, if they're shite, we take advantage of it. You don't fucking celebrate unless you win the game. Stuff like that for me. It's mate, all basic. It's all basic stuff, but people realise, people need to realise about football is basic. Football is an easy game when you do the simple things right. And last season, we didn't do the simple things right and it cost us, I know we can talk about Rangers or whatever else, but our end game wasn't very, very, it was basic football, but we didn't do the simple things right. And I can just tell with this guy that he's, if we're going to score five, then they can score whatever because we're going to score minimum. I just get that enthusiasm that just wants us to attack and, I can maybe see he's having a few heart attacks along the way, but in a good way, like on the end of your seat all the time, it's a thrill. And I think that for me, it's exciting to know that that football may get brought back to us because last season the football was slow, boring, lethargic. And I don't think as fans we can go through that again because that's when we start getting more argumentative and we start getting money and why are we paying this money for this? But for me, the vibes so far, well, but are good for me. Uh, it's, what I like about him is I think he's a manager who, if things are gone right, wrong, he will only be sitting silk and in the dugout like mm. Neil Lennon done. I think he'll be a manager going the touchline, barking instructions, shouting things, constantly encouraging the boys, whereas I think Neil Lennon took the nip a few times. Um, obviously, sat with his arms folded, looking at Kennedy, looking at Stratton, and they just all looked clueless. There wasn't any instructions. There was no change in the formation of the team when we were playing well. It was like for like. And I just hope this manager has that wee bit of difference that we were lacking last season. Um, obviously, it sounds like he's going to be playing a high-intensity football in your face. Um, I just hope we have the players that are going to be able to do it and the players that he scouted can come in and hit the gun running and play to that system. That's another thing. Some players wouldn't have played to this system mm. before, so it's whether they can adapt and play to that system. So it'll be very, very interesting. Because I've seen a quote today as well. I don't know if it was for a press conference for, for him, a fan media or whatever it was, but he was basically saying that he's he kind of looked at the way we've signed players and he's going to change it. He's going to sign them not just on ability, but their personality, where they fit in the squad, where they fit in his... Like you just says, where they fit into the system because... It's all right having 23, 24, 25 phenomenal players, but if they can't fit the way you want to play in your system or whatever else, you're kind of wasting them their talents. Like, like last year, right? he signed Elanousi. We all know Elanousi's talents, but he wasn't playing right position. People want to be Christy, fair enough, but Christy wasn't playing basically out wide. Christy's not a wide player. Mm-hmm. He was playing guys well out of position. Um, 
He's playing guys like Edward up front himself. Edward's no use up front himself. He needs somebody with him to link up the play. Doesn't matter if it's a Yeti, Kamala, Griffiths, whatever it was. Edward's better with somebody than as himself. For me, he still does a job, but he's not as effective. And I think for me, this guy's just going to utilise his players. And I think, obviously, we've talked about new signings. Um, the two boys of Sheffield Wednesday we've just signed. Don't know much about it myself, but again, he's, I don't know if he knows about obviously the boy Liam Shaw, but he's signed this boy, spoke to this boy doing London, the defender. So it's good the fact that he's actually meeting these players because that, that'll give these players a bit of confidence as well that he's actually meeting them and talk to them. No, like Brendan Rogers with guys like Shevd. I don't heard him before, never spoke to him. I'm actually signed for a club and they go on, by the way, um, I don't know you, but I go get 10 minutes. <laughs> on you go. I. Turned up sure. Monday training at five o'clock. Yeah. So, but you're hoping that structure of Celtic's changing. Well, I'm not saying the guys identified this boy for Sheffield Wednesday. They might, might know, they might, if we don't know for certain. Um, but you're hoping he actually gets this to do the signings because it can't be the club structure where these players come in and try to make the best out of them because last season. It didn't work in for quite a few seasons. It's not been really working. Um, I would get the odd gem, but we used to produce quite a few gems. But I think the team lacks a bit of, um, should we say, like a captaincy in Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, boys players, um, talkers on the park, I think. It's all right signing two young boys for Sheffield Wednesday. They could be right good talents, but I think we all lack leadership in the team. And I think... Hopefully the new manager identifies maybe one or two that can come into the team to ease the leadership that we're lacking because I don't think we're vocal enough and with Scott Brown at the team now, I reckon that'll be lacking even more. No, I, I agree with you, Robert. Um, I think maybe I touched on it before we came on live that I think we are missing that a bit of experience in the team. Um, I know you've got guys, we don't know if I or whatever's going to stay, doesn't like it, but McGregor, guys have been undone it, but for me, McGregor's no, he's, as I say, he's not for me the guy that's going to pull you to the trenches. If you're at one nil away from home against, say it's Mitchelland or whatever, you need to get a goal. Again, I could be wrong, but just for what I've seen, he's not the sort of guy that's going to grab somebody with a shirt. Listen, fucking come on. I think uh, we need somebody, I, I think we need somebody more experienced, like, oh, I know Scott Brown for me is going to be a massive, massive loss. Maybe, in, knows much in the playing capacity, but I don't the changing room and getting guys geared up, telling them what it means to play for Celtic. And I know I've heard that's McGregor and uh, that's what he does as well. But uh, I do think we need to, I know but it sounds like McGregor will be a captain, but I know there's talk about this guy Aaron Moy can man I seen a wee somebody wrote on Twitter that we should just get Aaron Moy, get him short sleeves and just kid on Scott Brown and then he leave. <laughs> um I like that boy when he's with Brighton. He was decent, wasn't he? Aye, um, again, he's rumoured um, the guy for Croatia, defender, guy Mario's met be coming. We don't know, it's all rumours. Like me and you have spoken about before, unless this guy's got a scarf on his neck at Celtic Park, we don't believe anything anymore because there's too many in the nose, there's too many rumours, there's too many paper talk. And now it's just, for me, whoever signs brilliant, and we'll just support them. But when it comes to these new guys for Sheffield Wednesday, I hope, they come in and maybe they're a job because it will be a big step for him. I know Sheffield Messi it's, it's all right level, but come to Celtic, it's, it gets a massive, massive step up to just playing in front of maybe 15,000, 20,000 in, in the Sheffield. Aye, it's, and they, they get relegated as well, so it'd be hard to judge the boys, you know mm. what I mean? Because they're young boys in a dogfight. Um, people say, ah, but they're new in League One, they can't be good because they came for a team that's been relegated, but that's a lot for a young boy to take on. That championship's a t- no. tough league. Um, maybe it might have set them in good stead for the physical side and stuff. We don't know. I don't know much about the two boys, so I'll, be, I'll only be able to judge them when I see them in a Celtic shirt. So it'll be hard that way. Um, but we really need to get... I, I don't know if we're waiting. I don't know if we've identified two or three players, but we're waiting on money. Maybe mm-hmm. an Edward or a Ayer or a Christie deal. It's probably bubbling away in the background, and that's where they're going to use the money. But we shouldn't be waiting in because we've still got the money for Frank Paul, mm-hmm. El Hamid, and Clamara last season, to which my knowledge is about 14 15 million. Mm-hmm. Um, 
looks like they've mostly sold out their season books this season again, which is between 15 and 20 million. The strips are flying off the shelves, so I don't know why we would be holding back and signings. I don't know, maybe agents and players, we don't know, because we spoke to Will before about all this and how long mm-hmm. it takes for some of these deals to get out of the line, and it's mm-hmm. very difficult to get them out, but I'm hoping it's no waiting and money came in before we make our move in the transfer window. I well, that's the thing, obviously, as you say, we've got the game against Mitchell. I come up quite soon within the next two, two, two and a half weeks. Um, again, are we going to have Ralston beat on maybe an unfit Ayer, Taylor, Bollock left back? It's just going to be, we don't know, well, well she, is he going to come in? It's going to be a, the defence for me is probably the biggest worry about the full, the full squad. I know the goalkeeper, but I think Barkas, when it sounds it, might get his chance under him. Um, as a, a Barkey, should we call him Barkey for now? <laughs> hey, Barkey, Barkey. <laughs> um, but for me, I think that defence is... I think midfield were all right. I think if you had the midfield we've got to play against Mitchell, you've had McGregor, Soro, Tumble, they guys. So I think midfield will be OK. Forrest will be back in. So I think you'll be OK there. Um, up front, you've still got Griffiths. Eduardo, I think might still be in the next two weeks. A Yeti looks a bit, a bit fitter to me when I seen him the other day. He looked a bit leaner. So you've got options there. For me, the defence for me is maybe the biggest thing because I think last season, it was, I know we had a few missed chances, but we were creating a lot of chances. But defensively, it was the same errors all the time. I just hope the big big boy Ange can sort us out there because for me, that was a big Achilles heel last season. It was the same goals losing every week. It was the same players making mistakes. And that's when me and you were... Was- 49% their goals was for close balls last season. But that's what you were talking about. It's like, but that's what you were talking about. Are they actually practising their errors? Because if you're making the same mistakes every single week, something must overrate you. You can't, if you're, if you're practising, you shouldn't be making the same mistakes every game. And it was, as you says, it was, get, as I say, no disrespect to St Mons and whatever else, but it's balls across the front, balls at the back, it's simple defensive mistakes we're making and I just hope this season it's not just all about attacking that we actually do sort the of defence out. It's all it's going two or three goals a game but you don't want to see goals and silly goals that could actually affect you later on the season. No, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm, from what I've heard, he likes a ball playing centre-halves as well and I don't think, no disrespect to Stephen Welsh, I don't think he's a ball playing centre-half to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um Aye, aye, but it looks like he's close to, well, there's about two million a difference for Celtic Norwich's valuation. Um, out the door, I don't, as I say, that's another thing. I don't know if the money, they're waiting for the money for that to then go and reinvest in the squad. I don't know. Um, but we've been linked with so many players in the last week and a half. It's, it's hard to put your finger on who we're signing and what we're signing. Um, the latest one was the, the boy from Man City, centre-half. Um, mm-hmm. Another one, I don't know. We seem to just go for all Man City's players that are linked to Man City in it. It seems to be a merry-go-round with that. But if he's a good player, then I'll happily take him. But I don't know. It's just, I would like to see players signed early, embedded in early, so we know exactly what we're working with. As you mentioned, three kind of maybe key players who might be leaving, Christy, Edward and Ayer. For me, I think if there's one that's going to stay, I think it might be Edward. Um, there's a, the transfer talk of him leaving is kind of cooled, obviously, with Leicester now. There's not really been much spoke about him. So, um, again, I don't know if he, if he might get a new deal, a one-year deal. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. But I think the probably two to speak would be Christy and obviously Ayer. Christy might be going to Crystal Palace, supposedly. Ayer, um, we're talking about Aston Norwich and uh, oh, I think the number of Aston Milan is always going to be there because of last season um, if we get I, I know me and you have spoke about how obviously the market is ridiculous um, the market in down south is ridiculous the market up here is ridiculous we don't get the value that we deserve um, so Ayer probably is worth 20 25 million but are we going to get that? probably no as you mentioned maybe 12 13 and I think maybe now if he's at a year left or a year or so left his contract, I would just take it. 
Nice. I would, t- I would take anybody that wants to leave, Ryan. I don't care how they are. They want to leave, get the money for them and reinvest it in the team. That's the only option. Because you can't have players flying toys at the pram like last season after Lennon criticised and they followed mm-hmm. the demise of the team just hit rock bottom after Lennon. You could just see it was a team of individuals. So we can't have that. We can't have a unsettled dressing room again for the season coming. No, definitely not, mate. I think it's going to be all positive, and that's why one reason why I'm kind of I've been kind of holding back in myself on my social media and stuff. I'm just trying to let this guy go on with his job and no criticize any signs, criticize anything he does because there's too many people now doing that. I think social media, um, giving the team a bit of jip, no matter what we do, it's what we doing this for, what we doing this for. And I'm just like, no, just let the guy go through his job. Let's see what happens after the first qualifying game. Let's see what keeps happening in the day. As we see with Rogers, he could beat a fucking red imps and nobody was really getting him jipped. So we need to just give this guy a chance to come in and just says maybe after three, four months we can judge a guy, um, see how he signs, see how he's playing. And again, it's all party for me now. It's a it shouldn't be, but it is about a project now. We're signing project players, guys to come in and we're not really signing experienced players as it stands. So it's going to be a bit of a whirlwind for me the next few months to see how we go and I just hope, we, as you say, we do get guys in soon because, as we always know, the last three or four years, they wait to be qualify or we wait to we get to the Europa League group stages and we start buying players, we start selling that money and we can't do it anywhere because if we do that, goodbye to the 40 million whatever it is next year because we're not going to get it. Uh, I've seen Mitchell and sold um, their top player the other day for like 30 million. But then they went out and bought a Brazilian right after it, and I'm thinking, oh God, no, the Brazilians are like, they're always good players. So I think they'll be a very, very tricky opponent. And I think they'll be a bit ahead of their pre season more than us because their leagues start quicker than theirs, didn't they? So I'm a bit worried about the tie, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think there'll be any mugs, to be honest, but we can only play who's in front of us and see how we got on. That's it, mate. It's, I don't think there'll be any mugs, but I've kind of looked at our squad and we should have enough, but we've said that before and it's not happened. Um, as we've mentioned before, can I, Bananas just came in, how massive this season is. Um, I still don't think fans realise how big this season is. Um, when it comes to, we all know, we, we can all speak about Rangers' financial situation. We all know they're not doing well. They can they can put it in the papers that they're doing all right whatever else if it's an share I sure that business came out court battles we asked whether strips are shite as we've seen everything's just a shamble so but on our side we need to win the league because it's going to put us 3-4 years ahead again um, in my opinion this is my opinion I think it will put us ahead again as you mentioned if we qualify and win the league and we go right in just say minimum 30 million you're going to get better players company as you mentioned season books will fly off the shelves again strips will fly off the shelves They'll bring out new kit, new training gear, they'll buy all that. Everything's going to be rosy again. So for me, as we spoke about Robert, we've got to get it right early on because if we don't, you know what, the fans are like, we expect success. If it doesn't happen early on, they're going to be wanting hands to get a job because that's just the way football is in this side of the side. We've got a right tough opener away to hearts. Massive, mate. Massive. You can just imagine the physicality and how hard it's going to be, but do you remember Rogers' opener against Hearts? Mm-hmm. It can propel you onto mm-hmm. a good season, you know what I mean? Um, if we get a good result then, it might give the players a confidence right away because it'd be a tough game to get out of the road um, first game of the season. But I am just, as I say, I'm just hoping maybe the next five to ten days that there's two, at least two signings in that's going to make us be a bit, aye, that's the players we need. That's like no projects, players that are ready made to come in and make a difference. And leaders, I think we're lacking leaders, and, uh, vocal leaders and leaders on the park. And I hope that's what Ange identifies and training and goes, right, this is what the team needs. But maybe just lacking in two or three positions and that's what he sees. But again, he could be doing that. And then I think he's got a settled team and then Edward gets sold and then he has to go out and again into the transfer market. We just don't know if he's maybe holding on to the players to the qualifiers or over with Mitchell and then they've got the, they've got agreed deals with somebody else and then it's the goal because they want that 
first qualifier out the road. I don't know. It's very, it's modern football. It's so hard to keep up with, isn't it? Oh, it's, it's mega, mate. It's, football's totally changing. It's And obviously, the Euros, that's going to get players' value up, up because they're yeah. doing well, obviously, doing if they're not very played. And for me, as a Celtic fan, I was hoping that two or three of them had have good Euros because it could have made them a bit more valuable. Like, your Christie didn't really play much. I don't, did, I don't know if Chris even played, did he? I can't remember. No, um, so, to put his value up to playing well, um, Tumble, I don't even tumble, you can get a kick about. So, but you, yeah. I was kind of hoping the guys who you maybe think you're selling would maybe get a good Euros. And I've seen Eduardo as they get called up to the to the Jaime squad for the Olympics and whatever else. So, again, as, as he's been told, no, you're staying for the, the qualifiers, we don't know. So, and the thing I know, if Iron, like Eduardo, whatever, and Christy, they playing against against Switzerland, then they can't play in Europe for anybody else apart for Europa League. So, that's taking their money off you again in a way because they can't play for the big teams. Because I know you get the odd big team in the Europa League, but your big, big teams don't play in that, and that's maybe who you're trying to get. But I just think, as she says, mate, football's, especially the value when it comes to the market, it's bonkers because we, we know that Edward's at least worth at least 20 million, Ayers at least 50 to 20 million. Guys like Tumble are definitely up there now with eight maybe million. Christie is no matter how much fans might criticise Christie, it, it should be worth seven, eight million pounds if he's going to Norwich or a Burnley or a Crystal Palace. Guys like um, like McGregor should be worth 15, 20 million pounds. He's been a successful player for Celtic, experienced at an Arsenalist, played in the biggest competition. So I just think that's one thing I think we need to change as a club and not accept the shape value that we've sometimes had. With Fraser Foster, was it £10 million or something? See, so looking back yeah. now, Kieran Tierney, £25 million. At the time, they're good deals, then barely £20 million, brilliant deals. But when you look back now, it's fucking ridiculous how much you're getting robbed, basically, a, a few extra, maybe four £5 million at every transfer window. It's just COVID's made a, a right bad, obviously, for all transfers, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Every player that what they were valued at before, whoever been here, what they were. Right then. I think it's just dropped um, because of COVID. Um, but as you say, is when you look at some of the transfer deals done in England, then you're going, behave yourselves. You know what I mean? Like, I remember being techie going for 32 million. And what's he done since? I think he scored four goals or something last season, right? And he went to Liverpool for about 30 odd million, I know. And Origi and all that for Liverpool went for 30 odd million and you're just looking at some of these players and going, come on man, these guys have never really done anything in football. And then I seen the boy Tabit talk Abraham, what's his first name? Tam Abraham. Tammy, Tammy Abraham. I seen they were talking about Aston Villa were going to bid 40 million for him. And I was like, what? Where did they get these valuations? And the big boy Solanke that went to Bournemouth at Liverpool went for 25 million or something, and I just it's just, they're just overreacting there. Everything's just inflated. Um, when you look at them and you look at the guys up in the Scottish League, even look at Morelis, you know what I mean? He's probably better than most of the players, mm-hmm. uh, goal-scoring-wise, and you look at their transfers. So Celtic have got every right to ask for at least 20 million for Edward. Definitely. And as you say, they're talking about this guy, Ben White, for Brighton, 40, 50 million pound to Arsenal or whatever it is. Fair enough, I understand that's the value these days of the market, but... They're trying to play the English market for English players. But Ben White played in a bottom half team in England, kind of on and half struggling for relegation. How can you then go and play 50, uh, pay £50 million for a guy to then go and jump up a few teams to play in a, a maybe an OK Arsenal team? How's he going to improve you? Uh, improve you? He's coming for a low level. How's he going to imp- improve you? That's what I said to the, my old man as well. Last year when Man City signed um, the guy, what's his name for Bournemouth? Aki, for 40, 50 million. How can he go for get relegated to go and sign for 40 million pounds for the best team, in the, one of the best in the world? I generally don't understand that. I don't understand how you can get a team done, but then get a rise and a move. I, I, find, it, I yeah. find it bonkers that and that's... I get he's probably a standout in Bournemouth, but he's not going to get into Man City and improve them massively, is he? No. You see the 
why they went for Diaz um, for Benfica because he played at a European level, mm-hmm. played at the highest level, won championships for Benfica and was playing in the latter stages of the Europa League and Champions League. So that's a player who's tested himself. Obviously, highest level. I'm not saying he doesn't test himself against Premier League players, but out with the Premier League players, he doesn't really get to start off a Holland. Um, even at Man City, I think he played a couple of games and then just he's, he got injured and he's never been really seen since. Yeah, you know I mean, so they're then telling you £40 million pound for a backup player in the Premier League. It's embarrassing, that. It's really ridiculous. It's scary, in my opinion, Robert, that I know, listen, <laughs> I'm no Guardiola, I'm no Mourinho, I'm, I've never really, I can't say nothing about them because in the day they are phenomenal managers, but how can you pay 40, it's just my opinion, how can you pay £40 million pound for a guy that got a team relegated, but then maybe pay an extra £20 million pound for, as you see, a guy like Diaz, who's, he's, for me, he's definitely one of the best of all, you know, he's phenomenal. It just shows you how much money that these clubs have actually got. But look at Man United. 70 on million for Sancho. The guy's a quality player, but 70 million pounds is a lot of money, man. For football. It's an absolute... It's, and that's how I'm... It, it gets me frustrated when maybe we don't selling guys for 8 million or 10 million. I'm thinking in two years' time they're going to be 40 million pounds. They're, they're, they're talking about... I think we asked involved would not back 40 million pounds. And, and I'm going to lie, right? 3.2 million. My personal opinion is right. I don't think John McGinn would improve Man United. That's just my opinion. The guy's a brilliant player, but I don't think he's going to. Again, I, I could be totally proved wrong. The guy is an absolute brilliant player, right? But I thought the Euros he didn't play that well. People are saying he did. My opinion, I didn't think he played that well. Again, it could be burnt out because these guys have played a lot of games. Um, but is he going to step into United ahead of guys like Paul Pogba, who again for France was fucking unbelievable? That's a level these guys need to get to. Again, they might get there because... He's only got a year left contact, but man. See, I know. Again, yeah. but again... I, I like Pogba as a player, right? Aye. But that shape with the one sleeve, one sleeve down. I know, I know. Or one cut off and his hair dyed in red, white and blue for France. And then he scores and he's dancing about the park as if he's a fucking street dancer. Do you know if you win the game, man? Aye, I know. Too, it's too... Guys like him, it's just a big enigma for me. He's a great player, but he doesn't date often enough and he strolls about as if he's a fucking film star on the park where it probably takes half his game away because mm. he's too busy worrying about his hair and how he looks and I just think that's just obviously him now. Um, football now, it's just, there's too many fucking drama queens in it. Well, that's what the... Uh, I miss his... Oh, what I... What's his name? Uh, who's that player? Is it Immobile? Is it Immobile? Immobile, Chiro Immobile. Rolling about as if he's been hurt with a hand grenade. And then they score and he gets up and runs away. And you're just thinking, if I was the referee, I'd have run up and booked him after that. I'd have went, no, nah, there you go. That's just, I just feel some football players like embarrassing. Like, I just hope Big Pogba, quite brilliant for France, but what's he dressing like all that with one sleeve doing as if he's a basketball player and all that? And his hair died and just, ugh, I don't know. Modern football, mate. That's the thing that I, I, I hope that Ange does at Celtic. You, you bring you bring that kind of Scottish theme back into kind of Celtic, just total football, hard tackles, neighbourhood. Like, a bit like Scott Brown, then there is, like he says, fucking outside of football, you, you do your football in the park, whether you do outside of football, fair enough. But I think, personally, my opinion, I think some players are maybe too vocal social media and stuff like that they do too much they post too much and again they can do what they want but in the day you're a football player and you're a role model for everybody else and if young guys are like I've always said when I was younger you were probably the same now but I would have played for Sergi for fuck all all I wanted to do was, was be a football player I, I might have played pro youth from whatever else but I didn't get to the level like Celtic whatever else so that's a, that's when you were growing up it was playing in the streets five sides Barter Cody Two in ten twenty one as it was all to play with Celtic, run the book shouting Larson and whatever else. That was the type of stuff you looked up to and you've dreamt of playing for fuck all. But now I think the guy young guys are it's made about the money side now. They say, ah, I, I, I want to play football and I want to live a dream, but I, I could get maybe a three, four grand a week if I sign for this club, but then if I get ten I I think football's 
I'm not saying football's finished, but... I was reading about him the other day. Who? The young boy Liam Morrison at left Celtic. And he says I've he seen it, but... Four, but he went to Bayern Munich, and he went, I had to date for my career, man. You were 16, mate, and you were training with the first team at Celtic. How did you have to go to Bayern Munich? Didn't I just... Me, I personally... I'm not saying I'm Celtic's number one fan, but if I grew up supporting Celtic as a boy and I was training with the first team at 16... I'd have thought to myself, right, that's you're not going to get any better than that at 16. No. To then go out in Munich, I get Bayern Munich's a fucking amazing club and he's probably terrified to not get the opportunity back, but to then go and play at under 18 or under 19 level in Germany, I maybe improve him as a player, no doubt about it, probably make him a better player at time. But if you're really a Celtic supporter and you're at a club and you're training with the first, excuse me, the first team at 16, what more does he want at 16? Does he expect to be fucking in its centre-half? I just... I think that's the, the dangerous thing about football. I mean, it's all about money. It's all about just getting as much money as quickly as they can. I don't even think half of them you'll ever see. Kickable. Like the boy Ben Davis that was meant to come to Celtic that went to Liverpool mm-hmm. for £3 million, he'll never even get near that Liverpool team. No chance. It's all about money to him. It was about making the domestics clear for pressing the North End. And that just, Celtic might have been bad on the deal and mucked to deal up, but you're just thinking, mate, you're literally just got to go and sit in Liverpool reserves. You'll never be known. Any support, you know the guy that sat in the stands and collected 40 grand a week, mm-hmm. and he's only 25. I don't, I just didn't get that. That's just modern football, mate. I don't get it. We'll see that as well, right? Um you talk about the start off for the guy, the wee boy Morrison, um, at 16. As you says, we've had guys like uh, Sam Wardrobe was on and Tony McPartland, and they all loved being in that, that first team atmosphere at that age, young youth player, learning off these guys and whatever else. Let's be honest, I, you might go to Bayern Munich and you might talk to 11 dollars game or else. But I, again, I don't know this, but this is just my, my thinking. Do you really think 11 dollars is going to sit and talk to a 16 year old boy about football? Probably no, but as maybe a guy like I don't know Scott Brown, he might talk to me about you and tell you about football and tell you about the game. I'm just gone by. You might actually learn more as a youth for at Celtic than you might buy money. As you say, you might learn about maybe the development side of football, but you might learn to actually be a man maybe at Celtic. I don't know. I'm just thinking the different cultures and whatever else. I just as you say, at 16 year old, what much do you really want you've signed them maybe a full time contract you're playing with established professionals at, at Celtic who let's be honest have established fucking very good professionals you're getting the best of care the best of everything is it something Celtic's doing wrong that these guys are wanting to move or is it other people who say that the game is changing the mentality is it is it guys I like to say the agents are they come to a six you know or some pal no good talent. I'll get you. To, I'll get you to buy Munich. Is it? Is it agents doing for their side or again? I don't know. Obviously, we'll get Wogan more again and ask Wogan his take on stuff like that. But I don't know Ranger out say that. But as he says, when we were younger, if you were sixteen and Celtic offered you a two-year deal, whatever you'd be fucking buzzing your dial. You wouldn't think you moving anywhere else. You're fo- for me anyway. My focus should be on right and it's been hard. Don't know. Sixteen. Where is he more likely to get a chance? Celtic. What? What's that's the realistic thing about it? So, it just and then the young boy Hepburn. They took him off Celtic as well. Um, and no heard them since. The two of them went there, and I'm just thinking, is that some sort of agent that's doing that? It's getting into their heads and saying, "I'll get you out of Bayern Munich because they're looking at top talent all the world, and they'll just want to bring everybody in." And, they could end up faulting my weight in nothing. See if they go and make a career for themselves. I take my hat off and say I, I was talking totally shit. It would be brilliant. But I just felt, I don't know, maybe the things that Celtic just, they didn't see a pathway to the first team. They thought it was disjointed and maybe they just wanted out of the club because of what was going on behind the scenes. We do not know that. That's the thing. But surely at 16, you have more chance of making a breakthrough at Celtic than you have got to buy Al Munich. That was just the baffling thing about it for me I would I, I would I would agree with you mate um, I understand 
people might say there might not be a pathway, but we don't know obviously behind the scenes how that pathway was kind of projected in the era last season. So again, we don't know, but I just hope that Bagans comes in and how he puts the pathway. I hope, hopefully it changes because he had says that he spent a lot of time recently because obviously people on the Euros and stuff that he's he's had a chance to look at the youth team and whatever else and. I do believe there's a lot of talent in the youth system, but again, you need to give them a chance. But as fans, some fans, like, no, he's, he's only team mechanic giving the chance because we need to win the game and we need to win cups, we need to win trophies. But like we were saying before, Robert, maybe this is a time where we need to have maybe a year or two, have no success, build a team again, and then go for maybe five, six years again. And then have some, if that's the way we need to go, then I, I, I've said I would take it. Obviously, we didn't know that we are going to have the full money for qualifying for Europe this season, then next season. So, take that away. Would you have another season of pure success and then have another period of five, six, seven years sustained success under a project and a pathway? Or would you rather just win League One more year and then be fucked for another three, four year? Me, personally, I would take another year out and then, boom, back no, on again. I, would, I wouldn't have given that opportunity to run the league. I, I'm just talking about in a... Take away the Champions League money and you want to call it that business in it, right? Obviously, what about the league? I'm just talking for, for hindsight, right? But it's all right saying that. Is it guaranteed? Because nothing is guaranteed no, no. by taxes. So. Well, we all thought 10 was guaranteed, mate. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Didn't it work? <laughs> well, you just, you don't, you, it's saying, I get that, but how many clubs has actually tried to do that, replicate mm-hmm. that? We'll take two or three years to build and then it's a sustained success. Because injuries can happen, players can leave. You can sign players that don't end up coming up to the grade. It's football's changing now. It's not like back in my youth team where Fergie built that youth team and yeah. they went on and won three, four, five, six, seven years of success. Football's so modern now and changing all the time where you don't really. I'm not saying you don't get teams that dominate. I you do get teams that dominate, but it's no as a given as it was back then. Yeah. If you're not. Like that Premier League is just wild now. It's like, it's like maybe Man City win it one year, Liverpool, then maybe Chelsea nip in there just because there's that much money in football now. Like Man you used to, under Fergie, he'd go and identify the best player, Leeds United, Eric Cantona, sign him. Mm-hmm. Best players, Nottingham Forest, Roy Keane, go and sign him. They can't really go and do that now as such. Like Harry Kane's now valued at 150 million and None of them are like, well, can we afford that? Declan Rice, how this is beyond me, he's valued at 100 million. Jack Grealish, 120 million. And they can offer the wages that Man U and that are offered. Nah. So these players really actually don't need to leave. So I thought modern football is it's very, very weird and funny old game now, mate. Because that's obviously you're talking about like guys who maybe gone for money or ambition, whatever else. For me, the thing, see like guys like your Edward and your Ayer, right? Say Edward did go to, let's talk about is it West Ham or Villa, whatever, right? What, what are you going to achieve at Aston Villa that you can't achieve at Celtic, apart from money? Let's, let's be honest here. You might win an FA Cup or a fucking Challenge Cup or whatever it is, doing the Cabaret Cup, but, right? The chance of Aston Villa finishing the top four, I know West Ham had a brilliant season last year, finished fifth or six. That, that will happen again, in my opinion. I, again, I don't think that will happen again for West Ham this year, but if Aston Villa, they might finish with Ninth, tenth, whatever. You might get maybe a sniff at Europa League qualifying. I don't know. They're not going to win the league, so he's not going to get the Premier League. Ayer, Norwich, might get back down again next season. Christie, Palace, might get done. So, for me, it's a stepping stone. It's a stepping stone for money and a stepping stone for maybe playing against better players. But for your career when it comes to trophies, it's a step down because it's Celtic, as you know. It might not be the elite fucking level but you've got a chance of winning three trophies every season you're going to maybe win at least one in the league you, you, you've got a, a basically one at a two chance of winning the league you maybe get a one or maybe three, four maybe I know Hibs Aberdeen Hearts they're strong enough to win a cup so you're most of your odds are in favour to win something in Scotland so for me it's me as a football player I know when I played at Amateur and whatever else 21s I was all about winning trophies. I love winning trophies. I love winning. I know money's important to people, but surely when you look back in your career, you might have 
50 million in your bank, but see if you have any trophies of that, well, you're a football player, but you won nothing. Surely, but I sub- think a lot of these players, in their opinions and in their agents' opinions, is you go down and you have one crack season with Norwich, Aye. then maybe a, a higher team, and then Aye. it goes for there. This is what these agents put into these guys' heads, whether they're average or whether they're brilliant or whether they're anything. They're just convincing them that they can go to the very top, and that's what it's all about. And they're thinking, you get in there and you have one good season and you get a £50 million transfer, you then go for £30 because agents just care about yourself, really, realistically. That's, that's what it's about. That's his job, isn't it? There's Mbappe now talking about he's not signing a new contract with PSG and you're thinking, where realistically in the world could he go to make himself better? Oh, he's had all the money. Real Madrid, Barcelona, maybe a Bayern Munich. I don't really know out with that where he could go. Does he want to go to the Premier League? I don't know. But he's 22 and to me looks like he's a fussy wee cunt already at 22 no. years of age. Like nothing's ever good enough for him. So where would that boy end up? You know what I mean? And what sort of money is he looking at? Because he's probably won the best part of 250000 £250, a week at PSG. Probably. It's what, 22 years of age, that's a lot of greed for one young boy. Because I'm sure... Probably Terry, already worth about 10 million, you know what I mean? I'm sure Terry on Reese's it all day. Don't quote on it, but I'm sure I've seen a quote on it saying that if he doesn't take away his ego, he's not going to be the player he thinks he is. Well, that's, that's a problem. And, that, that much and, that's coming, and that's coming from one of the... How, how should I say? One of the French role models telling you that. So yeah. for me, yeah. if that's a guy like that telling you that, surely you'd be fucking listening. Yeah, I know that's that's modern football, no? I, I I generally hate the way football's gone, mate. I, I don't like it, and I, I've said to my dad, I'm actually quite glad I'm retired for football now because I'd have hated playing the way it is now. Just it's, for me, it's changed so much since I've stopped playing. No, just at the top level, just at any level now, I think football's changing. Um, but when it comes to the, the money side, of it. It definitely affects us, like you're saying, you're getting guys like Mbappe, 250, whatever. Maybe they may speak, maybe give somebody's maybe 35, 40, maybe, highest, maybe, maybe, roughly. Um, so it's very hard for us to get... Mm, look at... Get these top players. David Alaba, £410,000 a week, and I'm David Alaba is a good football player, but I don't think he's anything above being a good football player. No. That's, I just, I've seen, when I've seen that wage, I thought, holy moly, man, that is, football is totally ruined. You know what I mean? It's not what he's a pure Cristiano Ronaldo, right. you know, a Zinedine Zidane, a Ronaldinho, David Alaba. You know what I mean? And you're thinking, wow, 410 grand a week. That is ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous, That's mate. Football is just obscene. You know what I mean? It's scary, mate. Um, I've always been a big advocate for People think it's just, they're just kicking a ball and I'm not listening. It's more than that. It's it's a full lifestyle. But I know they all say that Nursie deserve more than, well, listen, 100%, total 100%. But the NHS, they and doctors, blah, 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 they should get whatever they deserve. It should be, fucking is it, 40 quid or whatever they deserve. A lot more than they're getting. But when it comes to the football side, the transfers and money, me and you know, Robert, that no football players should be getting thrown around the week. Nobody should get that. That's fine. These it's, it's, to bring that one. Is it is it no league two or league one? It's got started in that down south. I don't know, Ryan. I, I don't know if that's confirmed, but definitely ways cap should be in. Um, and obviously we were talking about it's back to as well about the pathway. This coach thing is going to be in next season. Um, again, I don't know who the manager's going to be, and the rumours about. I think it was. Uh, John Hughes. John Hughes talking about John Collins I don't know I heard them as I don't know but again that could be a good thing as well for the first team because these guys are, as we've spoken about you're playing against hardened professionals part time maybe players who well, let's be honest they'll want to beat you they'll want to they'll want to give you a wee tackle they'll want to tell you they're there and it'll give you, I think it's better them doing that than as we've spoken about playing against guys at your own level playing against your own 19s and 18s because Let's be fair, some of the guys are just all wee technically nice and nice players. But when you go down to that level, they'll give you an elbow and they'll, they'll give you a ruffle up and I think it makes you a better player. Because what happened to me, I left 21s and went to amateurs. 
and I became a better player because you kicked about the park, you get no time on the park, and I think that's what these younger guys they need. It's already been technically very good, but if you're a wee shitbag and can't handle playing in front of a crowd, then you have no hope to help a football player. No, it's definitely going to improve them and stuff like that. You know that they can't dally dally on the ball because, as you say, some of these players will be 32, 33, probably played through the League One, League Two, and just saying, Who does this wee stupid kind of thing here? and just launch them because it will happen. Yeah, I know. And it's the way you're going to improve as a player and realise. I need to take maybe one touch instead of two or maybe take two touches instead of three and pick my passes and be quicker with coming out with the ball and stuff because these guys will only hang about and just give you the time on the ball. It's simple. They'll give you the dinks, they'll give you the knocks, they'll climb over the top of you, they'll pull your shirts back, storing your feet. It's all things that season pros will teach you in a game of football. 100% mate and I think it's better after learn for I don't, I don't know the actual rules of the full thing. I don't know if first-team players are allowed to play in it, come back and stuff. I don't know. Um, but again, if, I, if that was the case, I imagine like Lee Griffiths come back from injury or a Yeti, just say Edward Stein come back from injury he's playing in it. I don't think Edward would maybe play right, but just for talking sake, that'd be some, that'd be some experience because you hear all these guys like Simon Ferry um, or these guys who played in that era years ago that they were playing with the first-team players like Paul Lambert and all that. And he says, I, I remember half Paul Lambert in like the minutes I did sometimes half managers. That's phenomenal to know that you can actually learn so much half a hardened pro than actually a manager getting coached. It just shows you that playing football actually maybe does help you more than actually just training because you can know there's only so much you can train. But if you're playing with these guys, you pick up what they do, you see what they do, and you go, I want to do that. And I think you learn more on the park than you do maybe training. These guys talk you through the game, and I think that's what, as you say, these guys make you do there and learn a lot off these guys. And plus, it could actually maybe get Celtic a manager out it in some some state, maybe for the future. They may get a guy can win, maybe get them up. I don't know how it would work, but for me, it's very positive. It's no, I don't see any negative whatsoever because, as you say as well, I think it's one of our podcasts, Robert, that it'll get like kids into football. Or, hey, uh, da, ma, I want to go see Clive versus Celtic. It's getting more people into football and again it's getting guy it's getting guys out of the house. Or oh, da similar coke sell it's playing uh I went over about to go to Clifton Hall, two quid a ticket and make two quid a five. That much. Mm-hmm. It's just Clyde's ground's no far from me, so you were playing up there to see a Tuesday Wednesday night then you'd happily got and watch it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it helps the clubs obviously that's playing them because they would get a bit of a crowd and make money off it. And I think Scottish football is going to need as much money as it can after the pandemic because a lot of these young clubs, uh, small clubs, will be totally on their ass. I think, for money. No, definitely, mate. Definitely. Especially, like, as you say, Clyde, Abu Nobles, whatever. They may get 500 to 1,000 fans at that game. Just, yeah. let's be honest, that is to see probably Celtic players, but like, I would maybe go just to see who's, who's your talent coming up. How how's the pathway maybe how they playing is it the same philosophy for the tap to the boat and that's what I've that was we've kind of spoke about that um, we should have a pathway for the tap to the bottom for me it should be if it's 4-4-2 to the tap 4-4-2 to the bottom that's just the way I think it should be so, like you've said before when the, um, the, the Dubai thing happened you've seen the difference uh, was it Oakle Fletch and Harper come in you've seen the big difference of the physicality and the ability that they weren't ready to step in, and maybe we thought, ah, these guys a chance. And then you look at it now, and you're thinking, these guys can't step up. And maybe these guys going to more or down to coach for four or five months, and then they may be able to step in. It's giving the manager as well a bit of an aspect to look at these guys and go, right, I'll go look at these guys on a Tuesday night. Training is finished. I'll go and look at these guys to see how they are because it's all right seeing them in training. But you know yourself, if you see guys on a football park, you see many of them. Express himself, and I think it's it's just a massive, massive positivity in my opinion that it's it's happening. I no, definitely. I think it will benefit the youth players and um, the lower leagues in Scottish football. Uh, but you can't just be one or two seasons. It's got to be progressive three or four seasons, I reckon five seasons to get the full benefit of it. I I don't think one season. See, I don't know. If, is, it, is it just one season? It's happening. One season, and I think it is. It's like a pilot scheme, which right. I don't. I don't get that, um, but 
we'll see from there where it goes. Well, as he says, when it comes to the one season, I think if you want to get, as he says, a full benefit, I think it has got to be a substantial period of time where if it's three, four, whatever years, because as he says, maybe some of the young guys, young fans as well, they might hear many about it. If it's just one season, they might go, oh, I'd have loved that to go and see Celtic players playing whatever else. And I think it's good as well for these other teams in the lower leagues to test themselves. And it kind of, I'm not saying it would put them in a short window to get a, a move to Celtic, but it may get a move to maybe a better team. Or oh, he done well against him last year. He, he, he might be a, a better player at a better level. It's, for me, it's, as he says, it's a big, big, massive positive from my opinion for Scottish football. Um, I don't see much negative about it. Um, people might say it might be negative because Celtic might go one four five nothing week, but it was the same with Rangers been doing the fourth division. <laughs> Let's be honest, that was very the same. They went down yeah. and played them in one four five six every week. Well not every week, but this week. So it is really similar to that in a way that quality players have been doing the fourth division. And again it's I think it'd be good for these part time players to test themselves against let's be honest, we guys who are like you say is being nippy, quick, taking their tickets maybe. And as you say, Michael Harris and Powell, yep. you need to toughen up. No, definitely, as Ryan, as I say, it's all positive and what I can see, but it can just be one season and it gets scrapped and it just gets back to square one again because it's not going to benefit anybody. No, I don't think so, mate. Um, again, it just gives, as you say, it gives Scottish football a bit more money as well for maybe an economy and it comes to the the big tub and the big coughs because as he says they've lost a lot of money um, and obviously now we're starting to get fans in I've heard rumours as well that obviously there might be full crowds for the season start we don't know but again that would be a benefit for me in my opinion for us because I know it's no excuse but we've seen how poor we were without a crowd um, and I generally believe if we have 60,000 fans performances won't be like that I, I, I will put my hat on it if you get 60,000 fans, we will not play fight every game. Can you see it? Because the fans won't have it. Well, there's the thing, Ryan. Did you know, see, um, obviously there was a game at Murrayfield the other day. I don't know if it was Scottish or the British Lions. I think it was the British Lions that were playing. No, I, I didn't there see was it. There 15,500 at it. But Celtic and Hearts first game of the season, they're only letting 500 in. And the stadium is literally across the road for it. So... What? I don't get that. Is that, is that, is, 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 is that? They're talking about having 60,000 people in the stadium. So how does that work? Is, is that, is that a thing so we don't get fans at Tiny Castle? It's just, they're only like 500 fans in, it's home fans. It's great, is it? I thought, but they had 16,500 in last week. I think it was the British Lions that was playing at um, Murrayfield, and I'm thinking, does COVID only hit people that's under snobbiness? I don't know. I don't. And um, you've seen in the Euros, some of the stadiums have been full. Like, Hungary Stadium right. is full. And you're thinking, how is that? You know, I mean, do they deal with COVID better in Britain? I, I just, I'm not getting it. It's all just that. You're seeing... Wimbledon as well. Wimbledon, you've got Royal Ascot. They're all sitting with name Ascot, but yet, if you send your went to nursery or you send your went to school... I've got to sit fucking three and four on the outside when I'm asked for that. It's just, it's total nonsense the way they've worked it all out. I don't understand it myself, mate. It's bonkers. How can, as he says, how can you have 15,000 across the road around 500 in a stadium where you can maybe fit 5,000? So it's bonkers, no, isn't it? I know, I know, mate. And it's stopping fans for watching football. in some aspects. And it's stopping but... fans for going watching their team play. Aye, I'm just hoping that obviously fucking COVID cases are rising by the end of three and four thousand. You're thinking we need to get that done before we're going to let people back into the stadiums. Aye, definitely. I don't think they'll let. I don't think they'll let people in. For, again, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're doing south. I was doing. I was also doing London for the Scotland game, and being honest, Robert, I, you really think anything's happening, even. The police down there, they weren't really wearing masks, people in shops, it was just... And I'm more thinking up here. I am like, the difference between doing here and up here was... It was bonkers. It was like, even in the trains and that down there, they weren't even really boring. It was in the bars and the pubs. I don't think it's just because it was that, that day and it was an event, but 
I was asking all the locals and they were like, pal, we don't care anymore. Nah. You know, I know right. a boy in London and he was like down there when COVID was meant to be total rife and everybody was in pubs and beer gardens and he was like, no, it is. They're not going to shut London down. Nah, that's just, true, right. So, we just need to deal with it. It's as simple as that. Aye, because it is a massive, um, I was honest, it's a massive money making scheme one minute. So, if they shut all that down again, how much money is the Royals going to lose? Yeah. The Parliament's going to lose? How much money are you going to pay out to furlough scheme again? It's, yeah. It is crazy. Um, I just hope they can get fans in. Um, because for me, it would, would make a massive difference to new managers as well. Having fans, first game at Park, he'd 50,000 fans if possible, 60,000 if possible. <laughs> It made a big difference to him. Imagine, imagine him turning out to new fans and like, well, it would kind of, t- I don't think it would take everything away for the, his first game, but maybe take a wee edge after he, the crowd can see him, he can speak to the crowd and whatever else. I think it would take a wee bit of edge after it, but I just hope with obviously all the vaccine stuff and we can obviously hopefully get through this and get fans in for the start of the season because it's going to be a, a whirlwind, I think, first few months for us. Aye, definitely, Ryan. It just needs to be a bit of normality back to the football. Last season was watching it was like watching training games sometimes. It wasn't it if you real, you know what I mean? I I just felt like you were watching training games or something. Aye. It was like a bounce game, wasn't it? Aye. Sight yourself up for the Glasgow Derby. I mean, you're trying your best, but when there's no crowd there, it's so fucking hard, isn't it? Oh. It was like, even the players must have, at a certain extent, felt so hard to generate the enthusiasm to get to play in it because they're used to playing in front of passionate crowds and giving their all. There's nobody else. You could hear them all shouting and all that. It just, it just felt so unreal. It was unreal. I know, mate. It's, I just hope, hopefully, it can change because. It definitely does put a damper on the game and, as you say, it's getting up for games. Um, obviously, the last wee bit, I think the first game's this, this week, I think the 7th of July. Um, hopefully, give you guys some minutes and see how the team maybe kicks off. We, if he's maybe implemented anything, who, again, I don't really take much pre-season games myself. Because um, you know yourself, Robert, the first half, the second half, it changes players and you can't really get a rhythm. It's more just about fitness. Um, but again, hopefully we just maybe kick the season off, get guys in some fitness and just maybe see how we play the first game if there's any wee small changes that we've maybe no seen for last season. Yeah, that's it. Pre-season, I don't take too much into it. I just hope you don't get any bad injuries in pre-season and you come out unscratched and you don't take any particular downs in pre-season. I don't really care about the results. The results mm. don't really matter, but you don't want to be getting scaled 3 or 4 mil in a game. Think, oh shit, that's not going to be good for confidence. Mm. No, definitely. <laughs> you don't want to play somebody like fucking West Ham, you'll be four nothing. <laughs> you go, oh, here we go, man. Yeah. But again, mate, for me, it's, I'm more positive now. Um, obviously, we listen to Harper's interview ways, met other guys have read into and looked into, and he's given me a better vibe now than maybe when he first came in. Um, I forgot about the Eddie Howe fiasco done with him it's finished so for me I'm just focusing on and hopefully we can kick off the Champions League and hopefully qualify and kick off a good era because we, we do need something to give us a bit of excitement again Definitely Ryan um, the full Eddie Howe man the more it went on the more I just I thought you can't have a guy in there half-hearted and to mm. me isn't 100% behind it. It's now proved that down in England there's been a few top jobs went up and nobody's even really considered them. So has he got a weak mentality that people can see through now that he just he's not recovered for the Bournemouth thing? I don't know. Maybe I I don't know, but I just find that if he was such a great manager, then he would have been getting interviewed on all these jobs in England and he didn't seem to so to me, he's maybe not as good a manager as we first thought. So I move on to it. I really don't care about him. That's it. <laughs> as I, as I so. say, mate, it could be a 
it could be a blessing in disguise that we've got uh, Anjan again. He's his money's at a high level with Australia and stuff, so it's not what it's not what he's a nobody. Um, but again, mate, thanks for your time. Um, we will obviously continue with the new season. A lot, a lot more to come. Um, for for me and yourself, and again, you can get us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. A lot more to come through the YouTube channels. Um. Me and Robert have got Twitter. Uh, anybody who wants to speak with Celtic falls on Twitter. We're always on Twitter. Happy to talk to anybody but Celtic. And again, Robert, uh, take care, mate. Thanks for your time, and I'll see you again, mate. Take care. Cheers, Ryan. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. Mm. 